From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, June 15th. The Manti LaSalle National Forest will enter Stage 1 fire restrictions on Friday. The Pack Creek Fire is not the only large-scale blaze in the system right now. The Bennion Creek Fire in the northern part of the Manti LaSalle National Forest was caused by lightning earlier this month and has since burned over 8,300 acres. The fire restrictions in the forest include a prohibition on igniting or building a fire, discharging fireworks, and smoking near vegetation. Utah Fire Info reports that the entire state is at extreme to very high risk of fire. We go now to hear about the latest efforts working on the Pat Creek Fire, still burning near Moab. Fire Information Officer Nick Howell spoke with me this morning. So the last time we spoke was about 24 hours ago, and I've heard that the fire crews made some gains with containment, although the perimeter of the Pat Creek fire did grow. So where where are things now? What does the fire look like now? Yeah, so yesterday the fire did grow a little bit, but only about 10 acres. Uh, currently we're sitting at 8,453 acres. Okay. And um, the fire crews did make some really good progress. We went from 6% containment and now we're at 16% containment. So definitely a better day. Some of that rugged terrain, um, firefighters have been able to work into it a little bit more. Um, that whole area of Pack Creek and north of Pack Creek um, is where most of the containment was done yesterday. Okay. So Pat Creek and the area north of Pat Creek. And what what kind of containment projects, you know, when you talk about containment, what, what are firefighters working on? Yeah, so when it comes to containment, it basically means the firefighters are on the fire perimeter building control lines with hand tools and chainsaws. They are working on the uh, south and west side of the fire and uh, multiple other locations. They, they are on the north side of the fire. Um, we're still doing some prep work around the structures in the Blue Lake area. Um, the fire did make it yesterday to the Lake Uwa area. So that's, okay. that's where most of the burning took place, and that's where the fire is currently the most active. And, you know, have there been any, you know, aerial support, anything being dropped on the fire at this point? Yeah, that's a really good question. So we have a lot of aircraft on the fire. Um, yesterday was a really heavy day for aircraft. We have 11 helicopters, and uh, we we're also u- using fixed-wing airplanes that were dropping fire retardant. So helicopters are dropping water and uh, retardant mix. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a heavy day. They were out supporting the crews all day yesterday and will be again today as we continue to, um, you know, strengthen and implement those control lines on the fire's perimeter. Okay. How does that work? Where do the aircraft and the the firefighters work blend? So how that works is the firefighters on the ground definitely work in coordination with the aerial assets. So the helicopters and the fixed-wing airplanes they both work for an individual that, that is also in the air and is in constant communication with the crews on the ground. So as the crew, crews continue to progress along the fire's edge, um, they will call in aerial support, and then from there they direct the helicopters to the piece of fire line that they need the, the support in. And basically the objective is to cool the really intense hot spots down so the firefighters can get in there and build those control lines and, and build the saw lines and then build the 
formal handling with, with the hand tools down to bare mineral soil. You know, with that, you said that the firefighters are continuing um, to work in certain areas. Anything else to mention about what they'll be working on or what they are working on uh, today? Yeah, so um, pretty much the whole fire perimeter on all sides um, is a focus. We, we do have more firefighters and more hand crews um, than we did yesterday. So we're, we're reaching, you know, pretty much the, the top end of our ordering for resources, for the orders that we've placed. But, you know, around the structures, we're, we're still doing a fair amount of uh, vegetation work, uh, setting up sprinkler systems, that type of thing, just in case the fire was to become active again and make a push towards those, those uh, little communities and subdivisions that are surrounding the fire area. So I heard yesterday from Utah Fire Info that there are 426 personnel actively working on this fire. Is that is that correct? Correct. Yeah, that, that number might jump a little bit today, but we are currently sitting around 426 personnel that are assigned to the Pack Creek Fire. That's incredible. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people to support, not only operationally, but logistically, for sure. I bet. So one thing I wanted to let our listeners know is that Utah Fire Info has this great interactive map on the Pack Creek Fire that has photos, area closure information, fire progression, and more. Um, can you can you talk talk a little bit about this this page um, that's up? Yeah, so it's basically um, we're we're working with a new concept. It's a new um, it's basically a story map and it's a GIS product. And we uh, we did push that out for the first time yesterday just to see how it was received and. Seems to be fairly positive so far, but there's multiple tabs that you can go in, and you know we we do update that story map daily. Um, if there's any new evacuation orders or um, lifting of evacuation orders, we'll put that information in there as well. But yeah, you're correct. There's multiple photos in there. Um, there is a, a fire progression map that is updated on a daily basis, so you can actually break the fire runs and the fire growth down by day and by operational shift. It's kind of a neat feature that you can go look at, and it really is meant to be an interactive tool for the public to get in there and, and see what's actually happening on the ground. Yeah, I really appreciate it, especially that fire progression tool. Um, like you said, it, it has a daily, you can go day by day to see exactly where the fire um, is moving and spreading and that that's really helpful for a large-scale understanding of, of what it's doing yeah hopefully it's helpful it's it's it is definitely a new product that we've been working with so um, we're, we're still trying to you know um, upgrade it and modernize it to the best of our ability um, the other thing I wanted to mention, you know, I the Manta LaSalle National Forest Service yesterday um, announced that uh, they're entering stage one fire restrictions on Friday. Is there anything that you can mention about about that? Yeah, so in, in coordination with fire restrictions, you know, um, definitely an extra level of awareness for the critical and extremely um, high fire danger that we're experiencing all across the state right now. It's definitely in order for, for everybody, definitely a team effort. Um, to try to keep the human-caused fires, um, to mitigate those as much as we possibly can. That's kind of the goal, um, you know, just for the fact that if if we get too many fires going at the same time, we don't have enough resources to deal with them all. So the more we can prevent, the better off we're going to be. Yeah, especially we all know how big this, this fire is, and it was human-caused, so it's incredibly important. 
Finally, Nick, um, you know, you mentioned yesterday that there should be a virtual public meeting tonight at 7 p.m. Um, tell us about that. Is that still happening? And how can people join if it is? Yeah, so it's it's um, designed to be more of a virtual presentation. Um, and basically what that is going to be, it starts at 7 p.m. tonight. And the video will be recording. So if if anybody wants to watch it after the fact, if they have a scheduled conflict or aren't able to watch when we go live, um, that's fine. You can still use the link that we're going to send out this morning. And um, it'll go to everybody on the contact list. We'll post it on utahfireinfo.gov. But you'll be able to go and watch that presentation um, at, at your convenience and as your schedule allows. Um, and basically what it is, It'll be kind of an operations overview. Um, you'll hear from the, the local units a little bit. You're going to hear from uh, members on the team that are going to provide a you know a current update as of this evening, and it's basically going to provide a comprehensive overview of what we're doing and what the local unit is is doing in the area. Great. And you said that can be found at utahfireinfo.gov when the link is up. And then we'll also, uh, when the link is ready, we'll we'll post it to the show notes of today's news um, so people can, can find it on the KZMU website as well. Well, thank you, Nick. You know, is there anything else that you wanted to mention about uh, the Pack Creek Fire today on Tuesday? So the, the only other thing is we're just, um, you know, we're, we're looking for some possible changes in the weather and maybe um, some changes in wind direction. So uh, right now it's, it's unknown on what that looks like and what that might do to the fire if that materializes. But for the next couple of days, we really do have, you know, some really critical conditions and unfavorable conditions really um, for this fire. So hopefully in the next couple of days we can continue to make more progress and you know, we just like to thank everybody in the public for all the support that we've seen um, through the team, and it's being communicated and relayed to the ground level to all the firefighters. So we definitely appreciate all the kind words and all the levels of support that we're receiving. Nick Howell, Fire Information Officer. Find the meeting link to the Pat Creek Fire presentation at kzmu.org. The presentation starts at 7 p.m. and, like Hal said, will be recorded for later viewing. And Forest Service investigators are still exploring any leads that could help them identify those responsible for starting the Pat Creek Fire. If you have information, call their tip line at 775-355-5337. This info will also be available in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. As the Pat Creek Fire continues to burn in Moab's mountains, it's hard not to think about the watershed. When snow melts in the mountains, that water filters through rocks and soil. Some of it flows into streams and eventually the Colorado River, while some water sinks into sandstone. It's difficult to tell how exactly Moab's complex watershed will be affected by the Pat Creek Fire. Dr. Patrick Belmont is the head of watershed sciences at Utah State University. He says one thing's for sure, the fire will create impacts on Moab's watershed. We've seen a lot of you know, much larger fires uh, in Utah over the last couple of years, but this is already one that's big enough that we're going to see pretty widespread impacts from it. There's a lot of forests that could burn. Belmont is a hydrologist and a geomorphologist, which means he studies water and sediment. 
So when I hear about new fires that are happening, you know, I'm interested in predicting how much additional runoff we're likely to get because anytime the forest burns, you start to get a lot more water running off the landscape. And when that runoff occurs, Belmont says sediment erodes, which can cause damage to downstream ecosystems like fish populations. Fire is a natural part of the forest ecosystem, but climate change is driving these bigger burns, which likely mean bigger erosion events. Yesterday, KZMU News reported that the Pack Creek Fire is exhibiting extreme behavior due to drought-like weather conditions, low soil moisture, and high winds. For most fires, we tend to see the worst impacts over the first two to three years. In some cases, we're still seeing significant impacts, you know, five and ten years down the road. But usually by then, the, the system is you know, well back on the road to recovery. Um, but it really does depend on you know, what kind of forest it was to begin with, what the topography is like around it. You know, a steeper topography makes it harder to recover. And how mm-hmm. severe the burn was. These really high-severity burns that we're seeing a lot of right now are problematic. Climate change is really drying out a lot of the forest. Belmont and his colleagues are currently working on a project to minimize fire risks to reservoirs across the state of Utah, figuring out which ones are most vulnerable to wildfire impacts. But this type of project, he said, is short-term visioning. The long-term need, he says, is addressing climate change. The big question is, how quickly can we get the fossil fuels turned off? I mean, ultimately, that's what's driving this. It's climate change being driven by fossil fuel use. The more fossil fuels we burn, the worse this problem gets. And so, you know, from a whole system standpoint, that's the big question that we're we're trying to figure out. Uh, how can we transition this entire economy away from fossil fuels? Without that, any other solutions we're putting in place are just not going to be very effective. It'll be a lot more expensive and destructive. Find a map of Moab's watershed in the show notes of today's news on our website and podcast. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, June 15th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.